Alright, folks, coming to you live. It's the Brilliantly Dumb Show podcast week to week. As promised, here I am on the ones and twos. How are we, folks? For those of you following on the Instagram, what an action-packed week I had. Shipped up to Santa Barbara for a couple days. My goodness, what a spot that is. Just a little getaway. I went through a streak where I, I legitimately went 72 hours wearing a fedora. I, I wouldn't take this thing off. Just sunglasses and fedoras. I don't know what shirt I was wearing. I don't know what board shorts I had. If I even had shorts. I was just so amused with the thought of it being socially accepted to rock a fedora for 72 hours straight that I just went ahead and did it. No regrets whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I did a poll on my Instagram. I said, do you think Bobby Fedoras actually went 72 hours wearing this fedora? Like, did I ever take it off? And like, I, I did it because it was funny. But then I actually thought about it. Th- there was a day where I legitimately didn't take it off. It was the last night. Because the last night we were so exhausted that I, I, I didn't even have the energy to take the fedora off before I went to bed. Like, I woke up and the fedora was sitting right next to me. Just an action-packed couple of days. I went with this girl that I met in Miami. We kind of do, like, the part-time thing, and we always say that, and, and people laugh because it sounds, like, sexual. Like No, it's really just, like, a part-time relationship. I was in Miami going to school. She was just visiting. And I asked her, I said, where are you from? She says, well, I live in Idaho right now. Try following up to that statement. I didn't know what to say. Usually when you know nothing about a state, you just say, oh, how's the weather right there now? Like, how is the weather out in Idaho? I could care less, but it was the only thing that I could come up with. But we really liked each other, but we both, you know, we have decent heads on our shoulders. We know... You know, it's not like she said, oh, you know, I'm in Tallahassee. All right, I'm in Miami. That's four hours. We make it work. Every two weeks, maybe schlep up, meet halfway. We're like Fort Lauderdale, 45 minutes north of Miami. No, I'm in Idaho. I asked, I said, is there, you know, when things got serious, I said, is there a airport in Idaho? Like, I could just see myself flying into, like, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and just use Lambeau Field as like my North Star and call her and be like, hey, like I'm here. It's like, no, you're not. You're in Wisconsin. Be like, all right, well, isn't that right next door? I, I don't know the difference. Honest to God. I mean, I'm sure the people of Idaho are great. I just wouldn't know. But so we really legitimately do the part-time relationship thing. Not even like a relationship, but like we just, we're at a mutual understanding. But anyway... We said, screw it, let's go up to Santa Barbara for a couple days. She found an airport to get out of Idaho. We get to Santa Barbara, and my God, what a spot. Beautiful hotel. So we just, we just got right to, we just went right down to the pool. Drop the bags and just go. So we get down to the pool, and something that's never happened to me before, nor have I ever heard it happening to anybody ever, happened. There's like a little staircase where you could go down from the pool and it leads right to the beach. It was beautiful. So we said, let's go down to the shore. You know, we, we swam around a little bit. Let's go down to the beach, why don't we? 
we go down, she's not an ocean girl. Which, by the way, is kind of awkward because if, you, you, if you're going to commit, you want all parties involved to commit to going into the ocean water. Because then I'm like dodging waves and like trying to like wave at her and you can only do it so many times before it's not awkward. You know, where you're just waving at her for like 10 minutes straight. Like, I'm doing okay, babe. I'm doing okay. Till eventually you just kind of want to like float around and do your own thing. Do what people do in oceans. But anyway, as I'm in the water, I feel something that I've never felt before in an ocean. I jumped around because I thought I just, you know, brushed off a jellyfish or something. But everywhere I stepped, it was the same thing. I didn't see anything, but it just felt different. I get out of the water. There's like four pool boys just sitting there with towels, like heavy-duty towels, too. Not your, like, white resort towels. These things were, like, black. So I really didn't think anything of it, though, at the time. So I get out, and I say, no, guys, don't worry. You know, I could dry myself off. They're, like, ready to dry me off. It was a nice hotel. So, like, they're all over it. I said, no, 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 I'll dry myself off. And they kind of gave me that look like good luck. Like it, it was very bizarre. I walk up the steps to the pool. I grab the straw and my margarita. The straw sticks to my fingers. Like I can't put the straw back down. And I look down and there's like black goo all over my hands. It's on my legs. And it was sticky too. At first I thought it was shit, but this thing was sticking. Turns out I go to ask the pool boy what's going on because I can't get this off. He goes, oh, yes, sir, that's actually tar. I said, excuse me, tar? The only tar I know of is pine tar in baseball. You put it on your bat. It sticks to your hands. I'm going to drop a name you probably don't know, but uh, Doug Minkiewicz, phenomenal first baseman, used to just put pine tar all over his bat. And it would stick to his hands, but it like kind of let off to like he would have it on his helmet. Like he just looked like a disaster. There was pine tar all over his uniform. He could never get it off. So that's what's happening to me. I got shit everywhere. I said, tar? I said, I've never heard of that. They had specific tar wipes. There was no warning that there was going to be tar in there. So for a good hour... I got black shit all over me, and I'm just holding on to a straw. I was pinching this straw, just walking around the resort. And then you look out to the ocean, and other kids are getting it too. They're coming out, and they're just all black. It was just a mess for their parents. Never seen anything like that. So I was the tar man for the first day of my vacation. I mean, I had just, I I had never, this was fascinating to me. This is how the vacation started. I said, oh boy. This is going to go downhill fast if I got to walk around with pine tar all over my body. I was waiting for some kid just to be like, look, ma, that guy looks like a Louisville slugger. It's like, yeah, that's what I want to be compared to on day one, a baseball bat. Jorge Posada did it too. He used to just put pine tar everywhere all over his bat. It's like stick them for your bat. You don't get, you don't let go of the thing. But anyway, day two rolls around, then this is good. So we kind of had like settled in, got the pine tar off me, had a nice dinner. We're, you know, at this point, we're moving and grooving. Everything's all in well. Day two, we decide to get bikes. You could just bike down to the pier. Mind you, this is a high-end hotel, so we went to rent these bikes. 
and this is interesting, for the first three hours, I shit you not, it's $75 per bike. Not for the both bikes, per bike. Which was a little ludicrous to me, okay? But get this, after the third hour, it just skyrockets up to $150 per bike. And then you could just have it for the full day. So if you get the the three hours in one minute, you might as well just keep those suckers for the full day. Store it in your room if you have to. Those are yours. But we go, and I actually set an alarm to remind me of when to start pedaling back. I'm not jacking this thing up to 150 a pop. Lord knows I got the bill. It's the right thing to do. So, like, you know, we go out and we go to the pier. It's beautiful. But the whole time I'm thinking to myself, we got to get these bikes back. And, like, so when they set you off, you sign, like, the waiver forms. They put, like, a legit clock of your starting time. It's like a scoreboard. You know, I felt like I was looking at a jumbotron. They kind of, like, shove it in your face and say, this is the time that you started with the bikes. So, like, you know, at this point, it comes about pride. You could make a Jewish joke to me if you want. But as much as the, the ridiculous price was part of it, it also was a little bit about pride. I'm not going to lie. I want. I saw the scoreboard. I wanted to get this sucker back. But anyway, so we're slamming down sushi rolls, and I'm just vibing. So we're, we're, we're well into this trip. I look down at my phone. I was so zoned in on these spicy tuna rolls. They get it from the pier, so they're just, they literally just bring the fish out of the water and just slice that sucker there for you. Next thing you know, you got a roll of sushi. It was so good that I realized we're about to hit this third hour. Two hours, 31 minutes, I went right through the alarm. Don't know what happened to it. I legitimately don't know what happened to that alarm. It said that it did its, its part. The phone said that, that it had gone off. I never heard it. So I'm ready to just take these suckers and let's get on back. I, I kind of panicked. Now, she doesn't know why I want to get back. I don't, I don't want it to be known that I'm bothered by the prices. So I'm kind of trying to, like, hurry her up. So we go to the bikes, and I just start booking it. Finally, I had to tell her what's going on. I said, look, babe, we, we got to get these things back, okay? They're going to charge me an arm and a leg if we get three hours and one minute. Because I was just booking it, so like I had to address what was going on. So she's all for it. So we're swerving through people on the pier. Just a freight train rolling through. Finally, she stops me. She had to ring her, her bell that she had like 20 times because I was just, I was so zoned in. I guess if I didn't hear my alarm, I'm not going to hear the bell. So it took her like 20 times. Finally, she's like, look, Rob, like I, I can't do it. Like I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And I think at that time she was expecting me to say, you know, it's okay. It is what it is. It's money. But I looked at her and I, I just, I wasn't thinking, looking back on it. It wasn't a smart play. I said, all right. I mean, if, if we could just get one of these bikes back and save the $75 charge, I can live with that. So she looks at me. She goes, are you fucking serious? So what, you're just going to Jeff Gordon your way back to the hotel like you're in the Indy 500? I said, absolutely. Let me shift this thing into the three gear now. Whatever that meant. I didn't know if I was supposed to go lower or higher on the gears. Bikes don't really work like a car. 
her face, like she, she, she couldn't believe that, that I meant it. And I did. And I was on my way, just swerving through Santa Barbara traffic. Which, by the way, it's like driving in Canada. Like, the people are, <laughs> nobody's in a rush there whatsoever. It's kind of like they knew, oh, that guy's probably got to get his bike back. And boy, did I. I made it. I made it. Five minutes to spare. So then, the interesting thing was, I, I went so fast back, then I'm kind of thinking to myself, shit, now I gotta wait for her to get back. I know I'm in for just pure chaos when she gets back. There goes day two. Day one, I got pine tar on me. Day two, I got to pedal back to save a $75 bike charge and just leave her in the dust. So it was just a grueling 30 minutes waiting for her. She comes back, not a word. Not a word. That was day two, Santa Barbara, California. I felt like I feel like one of those parents where they take their family on a trip and they kind of got to like reassure themselves that they're having a good time on trips where they just may not be having that good of a time at all. It's like, oh, this is good. This is fun. But they, the whole thing's kind of just like been a mess. That's where we were sitting at that point. Not a word. I got the silent treatment for a good hour, which may not seem long, but try being in a room by yourselves one-on-one in Santa Barbara and not saying a word. That hour just turned into six real fast. On that note, folks, moving on here on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Actually, Grace, you know what? Don't, don't, no, no, no. Let's not move on. One last thing I want to touch on on a little more of a serious note includes the Santa Barbara trip. For some reason, I don't know why. Like, this is not a place that, that you don't do this on vacation, but I, I had to watch this Michael, Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland, or whatever it was called. How we went about watching this on a, a two-day vacation in Santa Barbara, California, I could not tell you, but I, I, I had to watch it. I used to love this guy. Billy Jean was my shit. Matter of fact, we were playing it on the car ride there. Dude, 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 dude. Like, I used to just tear up dance floors when that song came on. Even on the way there, it's like, dude, dude. One hand's going out of the window. The other's bringing it back into the car. The legs are wiggling. She's laughing. We're on the highway. Dude. Dude, hand out, back in. Loved that song. All types of Michael Jackson songs. But I'll tell you what. Oh my God, is it hard to watch. It, it's, it's sickening watching this documentary. And, and the thing, I couldn't finish it. or I literally couldn't finish it. The thing about it too is it, it, it's not even like this... <sighs> This blindsided people. I mean, it, it, it was always, uh, people were always skeptical about it with Michael Jackson. So, you know, the poor kid, the poor guy they have talking in it that, that, that saw it all, that went through it all. It, it's, it's sickening, but it's believable because this guy was just such a sicko. How is this guy's music still being played is my question. How how is Michael Jackson not canceled? Yeah, he's dead but not canceled. 
You know what I mean? Like anybody else, any any actor, whatever it may be, a scandal comes out, even if they're not fully proven guilty yet, you cancel them. And rightfully so. Because what they're being accused of is so sick that, that you can't even watch them on TV or in movies or, or listen to their music. Why is Michael Jackson not canceled? How come I'm on the highway jamming out to Billy Jean on the radio? It's so sick. And honestly, if you plan on watching this documentary, I, I, it's, I, I would honestly say I, I wouldn't watch it. It's, it's fascinating just that this guy with so much power was able to get away with this and just even with the parents, the parents let their kids sleep there because of who he was. It, it just, oh boy, does it leave a bad taste in your mouth. At the end of watching it, I felt like the pine tar that was on my leg went into my mouth. I was just disgusted. So I just wanted to touch on that before we moved on, Grace, if you don't mind. Michael Jackson should be canceled. You heard it here first on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Dude, 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 fuck that guy. Fuck him. Oh my God. It's so hard to watch. That's a powerful segment there, Grace. Anywho, moving on for good now. To the next segment here on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. It's our sports segment. Former Milwaukee Buck Larry Sanders decided to propose to his girlfriend during the Big Three tournament. Good for Larry. He was a great player. I wouldn't say great player, but he was a good player. I think he played for like eight years. Not bad. He was a power forward. But I got news for you, Larry. You're going to propose to your girlfriend at the Big Three and expect that marriage to last? Have you seen one of these Big Three tournaments? For those of you who don't know, Ice Cube started it, which says a lot in itself. Nothing against Ice Cube, but if Ice Cube was directing a basketball league, it's probably not the right league to propose to your girlfriend at. It's kind of like a, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's basically just three on three with like old players, like who, who used to play. Maybe they, I know, they, I was going to say they mix in a celebrity every now and then, but no, it, it's like old NBA guys, and they play three on three, so it's like, I, I don't know if he plays in it, but it's like Latrell Sprewell is like a perfect name to to predict to be in the big three tournament, and these guys have at it. This is no joke. I'm not saying it's entertaining. I'm not tuning into it anytime soon. The only people in the arena were about, give or take, 500 people that got to watch Larry Sanders propose. I don't think it's, it's, it's doing very well financially. I mean, these guys have at it. It's like the Rashid Wallaces of the world, the Lance Stevensons. Like, these guys, these guys get after it. They're throwing elbows and shit. And don't get me wrong, the 500 people that are there, they get pretty loud. You ever see one of these streetball tournaments in Harlem? Or Coney Island, it's hardcore. And the place gets ratchet. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. They get really into it. But you're gonna propose to this girl at at that tournament? I honestly, if if I'm Vegas right now, 
I would put out an under-over, and I think a, re- a realistic starting line for the under-over on Larry Sanders' upcoming marriage, a realistic under-over, I would say 3.5 years. That's the opening line right there. Larry Sanders, from the day Milwaukee Bucks great power forward, maybe could average about eight rebounds from what I remember, Will he and his wife last longer than three and a half years? I am slamming that under. I'm slamming it. He went down on a knee, and the ball they were using, it wasn't like a real, like, Spalding ball. It was like one of those Harlem Globetrotter balls. So it's like he was, like, proposing on the pier at one of those Papa Shots games. And the place went bananas, don't get me wrong. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's like when you hit three threes in a row in one of these street ball tournaments, the place just goes ballistic. So it was funny to watch, but that is my dud of the week sports-wise. I can't believe he got down on a knee at the big three tournament presented to you by Ice Cube. What network can you find it on? I don't know. Maybe YouTube TV? Oh my God, I loved it so much. Oh, I think Barstool posted it. Moving on. I'll tell you who's making a comeback. Facebook. They were really headed for the shitters. Bad news for you, if you haven't deleted your Facebook app yet, don't do it. They got this new thing, it's called the Watch Channel. So it's just like a button you click on your homepage. And it just flips through all types of videos that you would like. Zuckerberg's got this whole algorithm going on. Where they just know what videos you click on and you don't. And they put it all into one. And you could just get lost in it. It puts like a two hour dent into your day. I don't know how they know either. Like the other day I was talking about Gordon Ramsay to my friend. Next thing you know, sure enough, I log on to Facebook. There's just five videos sitting there of Gordon Ramsay. Cooking up a beef stew in his kitchen. Like, giving you a live tutorial. And it's actually pretty cool. He's just in the middle of his kitchen. He just chucks in a pound of olive oil into a skillet. And just has at it. Even his kids are just, like, running around. He's at home doing this. And he's just taking you through step by step. It's fascinating. I just get lost in this stuff. I have such a wide range, too, that they put on the watch TV thing for me. Apparently, I click on the gangland shows a lot. Kind of fascinated by that stuff, too. They do, like, an underground view into these hardcore gangs and them just, like, selling drugs and shit. It's scary as hell. They, like, put ski masks on these guys in the back room and they interview them and they they just totally open up to whoever it is that interviews them. And I always wondered, who's the guy going out in these gangland shows and landing these interviews with the drug lords? Like, who's the guy walking up into the circle of the bloods in the middle of Chicago? Hi, guys. My name is Tim O'Shea. I'm doing a documentary for Vice on uh, what it is that you guys do here in the streets. Would you mind coming into the back room real quick? We'll throw a ski mask on you and start asking you a couple questions, if you don't mind. Like, who's the guy they're sending out to get these interviews? And they're big-time interviews, too. They're getting, like, the top dogs to do this. It's funny, too, because they either have, like, the Bloods or they'll they'll throw on, like, somebody from the Crips. And they change their voice 
so that none of the Bloods or, or, or their Crip colleagues find out that it's them doing these interviews, Dish and Dirt. So they change the tone of their voice. And they really do. They throw either like a ski mask on or like a blue bandana around their mouth. And usually they just lower the voice so they sound even more hardcore. But every now and then, you'll get like a six foot two, full blown gangster built like a rock. It's like a high pitched, squeaky voice. Sounds like he's 12 years old and his balls just dropped. And there's just drugs all over the table while he's talking, just squeaking away. I'm fascinated by it, though. I really am. Everything Facebook has put on for me just about delivers. Yankees clips. Back to the food thing. I have another thing that I always click on. It's called, it's a page. It's called Tasty. It's like a food page. And what they do is they send somebody out into the wilderness. You never see who the person is. And they just have them cook up like a hanger steak. So the person's just in the forest. And somehow he has all the ingredients he needs to whip up that hanger steak. And he's just chopping away. He builds like his own fire. And they play music in the back so you're getting all into it. The food looks incredible. Forget these state-of-the-art kitchens. I'll take whatever the guy on that Tasty channel is whipping up in the forest there. It always comes out looking spectacular. They catch a fish out of like a stream. Pull that sucker out, fillet it, and just throw it over this fire. And again, it's like a 5-10 minute clip, so you can really get lost in it. It's not too long. So a couple of these bad boys, they just keep flipping through. That's easily a good 40 minutes out of your day. Sure as hell a good 40 minutes out of mine. So go fire away on that if you have that big blue Facebook app still. It is pretty neat. Moving on. We're going to close up shop here. With everybody's favorite, Miss Grace Abraham, on the ones and twos, if I could just trouble you for a little bit of a drum roll, please. It's time for the Ask Bob segment. Week in, week out, I have you find folks out there, DM me through Instagram, whatever questions, answers you need, fire it my way. Bob will deliver. First one we have here. Is from Dan Greenberg. Dan Greenberg wants to know, Bob, you're a Jersey guy. Is it Taylor Ham or Pork Roll Greenberg? Why even come in here with that shit? Taylor Ham all day, every day. Why even come in here with that shit, Greenberg? End of discussion. Next question. For those of you who don't know, there's a there's a battle in New Jersey. We love our bagels, but what we put in the bagels. Whether it's called Taylor Ham or a pork roll, there's been lives lost over this debate. It is Taylor Ham, Greenberg. The packaging on it says Taylor Ham. No such thing as a pork roll. Unless you're living somewhere down south. I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, Taylor Ham. I'll take that to my grave. Jessica Cassano decided to fire in and ask Bob question. If you could trade lives with one person, who would it be? Wow, Cassano, love it, love it. That's your like around the table, you know, the boys just shooting the shit, firing questions back and forth type question. I think about this all the time because if you're going to play your cards right and really do things the right way, you're going to want somebody young 
You know, it's not like I'm going to pick Albert Pujols. Guy's done. Career's done. Great career, but, you know, where does he go from here? I want a lot of life to live. Might do like a Mike Trout, possibly. Got to be an athlete. Or maybe Vlad Guerrero Jr. You ever see that slugger? All that guy knows is fastballs. Just inside fastballs dropping nuke bombs. 450 feet. I would just show up to batting practice four hours early. Just start slugging these things out because I can. Or maybe dabble in the music world. That's never a bad play. Movies. Actors. Not a bad play either. Michael B. Jordan. Wouldn't want to have to go through all the the, the training for the next ten Creed movies we're going to get. But that would be pretty cool. Young. Handsome. But if I had to pick... I think I'm going to dabble in the music industry simply because I would let it rip with John Mayer and just crush it on the strings day in, day out. Maybe even live like a low-key lifestyle. Just kind of do like the the, the bar lounge scene. Just start blowing people's minds with my music. People still love me. Made every dollar he needs to make. I think I'm going I think I'm going John Mayer. Yeah. Guy's got a lot of life left. A lot of juice still left in the tank. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going John Mayer. And you know, folks, I, I, I wanted to wrap this episode up um, with just a huge thank you in all honesty. This podcast is moving and grooving. It, re- it really is. The downloads have been flying in. People have been commenting, subscribing. It's, I am so d- driven by this thing. I just, I just love doing it. I've said it on previous episodes. I could pod for 10 hours of the day. You know, with the Instagram popping off, I, you don't want to be the one-trick pony where all you got is Instagram and just putting one-minute videos out on the gram. So when somebody, you know, had me strap it in and throw in the mic, start speaking in this microphone, something just came over me. I love this shit. Love the followers. Love the support the Brilliantly Dumb Love the support the Brilliantly Dumb Show has got. And uh, I just want to keep this ship rolling, folks. I really do. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. That does it for episode four here. Of the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Let's keep this train rolling. Like, subscribe, comment. Let's keep the momentum flowing here, folks. Thank you for being a part of this. We will see you next week. I'm Robert Berger. That's Grace Ibrahim on the ones and twos. We'll be coming to you live next week, Tuesday, week in, week out. Take care now, folks. Good night.